0: are you doing it's me again it's himani welcome back to another episode today we're talking about the 2008 financial crisis and it may not seem very interesting but it actually is just wait and see uh we'll talk about how um why it happened um and like we'll try to look deeper into why it happened because i know everyone knows that it was because of the Uh, Because banks were greedy, right? Um, But we'll look further into that and then we'll see the effects. And we'll then try to look at how today's market differs from, from 2008's market. Maybe we'll look at that in another episode or maybe we'll look at it today. Who knows? I'm a wild card. Anyways, let's get right into it. Okay, so um, we're going to rewind not to 2008, but a few years earlier to like 2004ish, because if you only look at 2007-2008, you're really only looking at the tip of the iceberg. So let's go back. Uh, the financial crisis was actually years and years in, in the making and because of things that, ha- that huge things that happened like the bursting of the dot-com bubble and like a bunch of corporate accounting scandals and obviously 9-11. The Federal Reserve decided to lower the federal funds rate which is basically a guideline for banks to set their interest rates for loaning and um, saving in bank accounts. So in May 2000 the federal funds rate was 6.5 percent And then in June 2003, it was 1%. So over the course of three years, they lowered it 5.5%, which is huge. And what the Federal Reserve wanted to do with this was they were trying to get more people to take out loans so that they would go out and spend on the economy, like buy a house, start a business, uh, buy a few stocks and like, sell them and you know just create economic activity which is just buying and selling anything Um, so uh, I mean it worked and what happened by uh, it working was that house prices went up because borrowers were like whoa I only have to pay one percent of what I loan out that's great let me go take out a mortgage and go buy a house and eventually what happened was borrowers and banks both got pretty greedy and decided that you know what let's let's start loaning out to subprime borrowers subprime means um someone who has no or very low or bad credit history um and so uh, when banks decided to give out mortgages to them they were able to like buy a house and everything is just uh, they were, you know, like Bank banks couldn't have full trust in them and they wouldn't have given them the loan Or the mortgage if they hadn't been greedy at that point And then these banks decided to sell these loans to Wall Street banks So basically they would be like, okay, so I have this loan of one million dollars And someone bought a house of 1.5 million dollars with this loan and if they default on this loan you get that 1.5 million do- uh, dollar house but you have to pay me 1.5 million dollars up front but they did them did this on a huge scale so they would sell like maybe hundreds thousands of these loans onto wall street banks and it was like a very low risk financial uh, like exchange because they uh this was uh this was a mortgage-backed security this was something that had a physical value as well so wall street banks were like sure let's buy it and the banks could then book the profit immediately instead of having to wait 30 years for someone to pay back their loan it was actually quite a smart idea until everyone started doing it <laughs> you know so this went on for a bunch of years and this meant that banks kept trying to sell loans right they would obviously want to do that so they would then start uh, loaning out to even more subprime people and people who they would have never loaned out to in the first place but now are like wait guys come here get a loan please uh because of this like huge risk taking among banks the securities and exchange commission relaxed the net capital requirements Capital requirements are basically, uh, how much liquid asset, like, yeah, how much liquid capital, so stuff that is easily sold or just physical money has to be held like within reach. Uh, so the, so the SEC, uh, decided to relax the net capital requirements in 2004 in October for the five huge investment banks at the time, which was Goldman Sachs, Merrill Lynch, Lehman Brothers, Bear Stearns, and Morgan Stanley. And then you, this, and then people started to see the first signs of trouble, but no one really paid attention because, you know, it's not that big deal. We've just come out of a financial crisis. Everything's going to be fine for another f- five, six years, right? But it wasn't fine. So interest rates started to rise again because banks were like you know what we're, we're we want to start booking that profit we're like on both sides so we're gonna uh get people to take out loans and pay interest and then we're gonna pay those uh uh to sell those loans right and then as interest rates were starting to rise people like home was at a saturation point and in 2004 homeownership had peaked at 69.2%. And then the Fed also started raising its uh, federal funds rates uh, in June 2004. And then by 2006, it had reached 5.25%. So it went from about 6% to 1%. And then now it's back at 5.25% and by 2006 home prices had started to fall like we were finally starting to see the bubble pop and this was uh, really hard for some americans because um because people had bought their houses for insane amounts and suddenly their houses were worth less than they had bought it for Uh, so they couldn't sell their houses without owing money to the bank that they would somehow have to find a way like if i took out a loan bought a one million dollar house and i took out a loan of 800,000 say but then the house is now worth 600,000 dollars, i still owe the bank 200,000 dollars. so they couldn't do that and if they had predatory mortgages those are uh, also called adjustable rate mortgages well not all mortgages were all not all adjustable rate mortgages were predatory but definitely all predatory were adjustable rate mortgages so adjustable rate mortgages are uh the ones that uh you have a constant interest rate for about five six years but then after that for the rest of say the 30 40 years whatever it is um the bank adjusts the rate According to the market and in the contract, you'll have stuff like uh, how often the uh, bank can adjust it and Stuff like that and the cap like what's the maximum amount of interest? so with uh, people who had these types of mortgages they uh, They have to start paying higher and higher uh, higher and higher interest rates and because Home values were going down if they were renting the house out to someone, the rent went down. So basically, people's costs were going up and home values were going down. And the subprime borrowers, like essentially people who uh, maybe were poorer would uh, would have subprime uh, credit scores. They were stuck with mortgages that they wouldn't have been able to afford in the first place and that they shouldn't have gotten in the first place. And then as 2007 came, like one uh, subprime lender after another filed for bankruptcy. And uh, by March-ish, more than 25 subprime lenders went uh, bankrupt. By April of 2007, New Century Financial, which was a subprime lender, or like they specialized in subprime lending... They also uh, filed for bankruptcy and laid off half its workforce. By June of 2007, Bear Stearns uh, was um, down and Merrill Lynch had to seize $800 million in assets from the funds, which is kind of crazy. And, you know, Merrill uh, Merrill Lynch was never going to buy the $800 million in assets in the first place, but Henry Paulson from the Treasury, he uh, somehow worked out a deal between Bear Stearns and Merrill Lynch because he knew that if all the Wall Street banks go down, I mean, if one of them goes down, the others go down because they were so interconnected. And if they go down, the rest of the United System's economic system goes down, which means that the rest of the United States goes down because everything is connected. And by August 2007... It was quite obvious that it was a crisis and the problems were like well beyond the U.S. Yeah, at that point, Northern Rock, a U.K. bank, had to go to the Bank of England for emergency funding because they had a liquidity problem in October of 2007. Swiss Bank, uh, UBS, had had some major losses, uh, $3.4 billion to be exact. And the all these losses were just from subprime related investments. Like in the coming months, the Federal Reserve and other banks would try to do everything they could to provide billions of dollars in loan to uh, country uh, to global markets and uh, global credit markets were actually uh, stopping. And they had come to a stop because uh, asset prices were falling and uh financial institutions were struggling like with how to handle this entire situation because there were so many so many toxic mortgage-backed securities that were just sitting in their books and they had no idea what to do and it was just generally chaos and then it got worse because by 2008 march Uh, at this point US economy full-blown recession Uh, like there was no doubt about it there was no way like we were we had hit the iceberg there was no thinking yeah we can get around it no we were hit we had hit the iceberg the ship was filling up with water and because uh, these banks and financial institutions liquidity problems continued and stock markets were tumbling around the world and uh, actually, they this was the most they'd gone down since the September 11th ter- terrorist attacks. Yeah, so in March 2008, Bear Stearns was completely down. Uh, and, you know, it had, uh, it had uh, been standing on Wall Street since 1923. That's quite a bit long time, right? Uh, and it was acquired by J.P. Morgan Chase for literally pennies. Well... um yeah literally pennies uh, and then by september 2008 another bank was down uh yeah the lehman brothers were uh filing for bankruptcy and actually that was marked as the largest bankruptcy in u.s history uh fannie mae and freddie Mac were also uh they had been seized by the u.s government that was also Henry Wilson's decision, as you would know from uh from the documentary that I watched. <laughs> so basically the entire thing happened because of banks being greedy. Banks decided that um uh that you know, they they would continue spinning this elaborate web of selling these really low uh low uh, well not low stakes very high stakes and low security loans to other banks and it was just this huge web that if you cut one string the rest of it goes down and it did go down and I guess the banks were sort of encouraged by the low interest rates and uh, lending standards that the Fed was holding at that point And this all fueled the huge housing price bubble that uh, that was happening at that point. And like millions of people decided to borrow beyond what they could and what they knew that they could pay back. So I guess the lesson to learn here is that don't borrow what you know you can't pay back. There you go. Uh, so how did, how did we fix this mess? How did the government fix it? What, what happened? Like... So how, uh, how we fixed this whole thing was by, uh, essentially a program called TARP, which stands for Troubled Asset Relief Program and the entire thing was that the u.s government would purchase toxic assets and the mortgages that were from subprime lenders and all this uh like all the equity from the financial institutions on wall street and what this did was uh, strengthen its financial sector and by doing so then the banks would start working again and they would be able to uh, respond to their clients and um, have more employees and stuff uh, and basically go back into business and this was uh, sa- uh passed by congress after a lot of deliberation and convincing on henry Paulson's side and then it was signed into law by president george bush so uh, the tarp was originally authorized to spend 700 billion dollars And, uh, this uh, was then, uh, this was then reduced to about $475 billion because of other reasons. And most, uh, most of the big banks on Wall Street got Uh, part of this so Citigroup got about 45 billion dollars Bank of America got 45 billion dollars AIG got 40 billion and these were like the and then JPMorgan Chase Wells Fargo and so on and so on Uh, these big companies got their part and they were able to start running back like normal and I'd say TARP was successful a lot of people were very skeptical and uh, if you remember I wasn't like i can't remember from when i was two but i'm sure if you're older and you're listening to this you would remember news of uh people who uh people who were protesting on the streets saying why are you giving all this money to wall street we're the ones dying on the streets here and uh the government had a fair point like if you don't give money to wall street everything comes crashing down uh, that's not to say that they couldn't have done more for th- the rest of the people around the world. Anyways, I think that's all I've got to say today uh, about the 2008 financial crisis. It r- is really unfortunate that it happened, and really capitalism isn't the best way to go about uh, running a whole country. But you know, it is what it is. We have to deal with our share of cards, and I think we've uh, I think we've learned. Qu- a fair bit from this now in the next episode i would like to tackle the issue of um how is today's housing environment different to 2008 i think that would be a very interesting topic so stick around till then it was nice talking to y'all and goodbye